The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. The Boogie Monster Podcasting the Unknown Did it, did it yeah, we're going. Did just did it. We're up and running. Yeah, cool, man. Just two guys sitting in the garage. No, pre- no preface. I like it. Back into town. You're welcome back, dude. Jumping back. Yeah, we didn't really uh, warm up. No, no. <laughs> like we normally do. <laughs> you know, we go through our pre-show calisthenics. Do our zip zap zops. <laughs> we do our. Uh, give me a suggestions. How long you been gone, man? Well, it's been like three weeks. Red leather, yellow leather. I was. I did a show. Yeah, I was gone. Well, two. Yeah. Friday to Friday, I got back Friday and had just a real wonky weekend mm-hmm. of jet lag recovery. Yeah. How, so how long a flight was that back? 14 hours. Huh. Thought it'd be more because there's flat. No. If it's flat, then you, well, <laughs> then it should be shorter. I got some misinformation. It's like the, uh, the quickest flight from New Zealand to New York is like 37 hours. So that right there tells you that uh, they're, they're having to go the long way. Uh, What's the impetus for wanting to just be like, no, it's flat? Like, is it just, you know what it is? Is it like, is that you just need to be interesting? Well, I can, I can sympathize a little bit with the sense of, I want to know something that most people don't believe. But why would, then say the moon's made out of cheese if you want to be a fucking idiot about it. <laughs> no, totally cheese. How do you know it's Pro- not? Prove me wrong. Yeah, how do you know it's not? <laughs> That's why I can't eat moon rocks, because the regular rocks that people are telling you from the moon. You want to know what real moon rocks are? Cheese curds. Everybody knows that. That's why first uh, meteor hit near Wisconsin. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Cows are the real aliens. <laughs> Cows are the real aliens. Oh, man. Well, welcome back, dude. So, Thanks, man. Tell me about Australia. Where all did you go? I was in Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane. Okay. Met some met some fans of the podcast. Oh, yeah, nice down folks. there. Yeah, was Cullen was another couple guys. Cullen was a fella. Met in Sydney. Nice dudes. That's Real cool. happy that you're out of the van. Oh, yeah? Well, thanks. You got, you got global support that you're out of the van. <laughs> I'm international. Don't fuck it up, Dave. I'm trying you're not gonna to. Disappoint, <sighs> you're going to disappoint people around the, uh, or across the world if it's flat. I'm trying not to, man. It, uh, although it is hard. You got, like, you got extra pressure riding on this relationship. Especially like in the kitchen. Like You're going you're gonna to use that knife to cut that? I'm just Ooh. always second guessing. She's she's starting to get a little annoyed, but she's a great girl, uh, girl, gal, girl. Uh, she, I love her. But man, use that knife to cut that. She, I don't know. You're gonna piss in this bucket in front of me. <laughs> I really think she's got the upper hand here, Dave. I think you got to be careful about. She's awesome, what you're but saying. she sucks at everything. Food. <laughs> she just sucks so bad. She's cutting apples on a wobbly plate with a rusty knife. She's. She just she does like mayonnaise. That sounds rustic. That sounds like it's right up your alley. She's just uh, she's she uh, she'll use like a, she'll cut up an apple, and then she'll like uh, stab the apple with the knife, dip it in peanut butter, and then shove it in her mouth. I'm like, ooh, like crocodile Dundee. You got to be careful flinging that knife around. What? I'm okay. Uh, Shit. 
She ate. Uh, oh, you're ringing there. Yeah, my phone. She ate Probably. raw bacon. Not raw bacon. I mean, she cooked it, but she ate bacon that had been sitting in the fridge for six uh, weeks. Well, she and she's the healthy one. She put a. She tried to cook a frozen pizza in the oven and left the cardboard attached to it. Just there's a lot we got to deal with. Got a <laughs> lot we're working on. <laughs> you, that's the thing when you haven't lived in a structure you haven't had to deal with a structure fire yeah <laughs> i've done you want to know my bacon horror story did everybody talk about that about how one of my when i was visiting my buddy had gotten into grad school in new york city uh-uh. and i had gone out i think i was like maybe 22 but still just a real idiot and he's in great keep in mind he's in grad school uh-huh. he's the one who should have known better yeah and we're talking, and his his wife at the time was living there's in a studio apartment in New York. Like, we're talking about, like, man, I love bacon. I, but I don't like crispy bacon. I love that flippity-floppity bacon. And he's like, me too, man. The, like, the, the squishier, the better. I'm like, I love just rubbery-ass bacon. And, like, and so he's like, let's eat rubbery-ass bacon. And you saw him basically, he just let it touch the pan Ooh. for a second. And you see his wife going, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm like, no, this is how bacon, this is how good bacon is. And then we just poisoned ourselves. Yeah. And then took a subway ride where we saw every stop of that subway because we had to get off the train and shit oh, wow. through the entire, through all of Manhattan. Oh my god! Because we gave ourselves food poisoning. What a terrible place to get <laughs> yeah, food poisoning. I know on a subway. The worst place underground. So every stop, we're like, both, neither one of us wanted to admit that, like, what we yeah. did. Like, you want to get off here? Yeah, God, let's get off here. And trying to find a place to shit in New York City. Oh. I found one place. I just sat in there for a while because I'm like, this. I might not find another bathroom nicer than this for the rest of my trip. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, yeah. it's going to come back in a minute anyway, so I might as well stay. Put. Let's ride it out. Yeah, let's 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 stick around for the sequel. <laughs> so anyway, back to Australia. Explain to me. Uh, I've ne- I don't know anything about Australia. What are these cities like? How would you compare Sydney to something I might know? It's like uh, it's like clean America. Okay, interesting. It is. It, it, it's like clean America. Climate-wise, is where their south is our north, uh-huh. and also closer to the equator, more of the type of hillbillies. They call them bogans down there. Who is bloody bogans? Bogans. Bogans are their hillbilly types down there. Okay. And they're in the north, though. Uh-huh. I guess the warm weather. Huh. I don't know. But Sydney, you know, we're at the opera house that you've seen on everything in the bay. Look into that whole body of water. They call it the bay. Uh-huh. Not a single piece of trash. Really? No, not even like a, a water bottle accidentally dropped. Huh. I was amazed at that. Like not seeing anything. Not even seeing like leaves or anything. Really? It was like somebody skimmed it like a nice pool. But yeah. the parks, everything, just at least, I mean, I went to three cities. I didn't see the whole thing. I uh-huh. didn't see the outback. But the three cities, very clean. Uh, you know, Melbourne, I've been through a few times and people like, Melbourne, like, I think drinking age is 18. Really? And I saw people getting, like, blasted. Like, I was at McDonald's. I call McDonald's Macca's. Macca's? Get yourself a Macca. Okay. And their dish, they're like, bar food there is Pama's. Chicken Parmesan. That's their bar food. Gotta go get a fucking Pama, mate. Pama? Mate, get yourself a bloody Pama. So everybody's eating chicken Parmesan. They just get par- Yeah, with different... Parm sandwich or the straight-up entree? They, they take... I don't know what chicken breast they're using... But they pound it out the size of a manhole cover, uh-huh. and it's just cheese and ham on top of it. Cheese with the and sauce. ham, yeah. wow! And it's good, but it's like somebody convinced me—not this time, but another. Pe- well, shout out to Tommy, Tommy and Carl from the Little Dum Dum Club. 
They're, that's they have, they have a podcast, and they brought me out like, oh, get, get a bloody parma, mate. And so I got a parma right before my show and ate it, and I thought I was gonna fucking die. I don't know what, how you could get one chicken breast that huh. beaten out that wide. Yeah, I mean, it must have been super thin. Yeah, it was like when a cartoon character gets run over <laughs> with a steamroller. Loads of flavor. So much flavor, mate. What about uh, culturally? Like, what's what's the people down like down there? Like, what's the overall vibe? Like, it, like it seems positive. Yeah, like everybody's like. Are they polite? Polite, like in a good mood. It's less. It felt less broy. Like mm-hmm. you know, you walk into bars and you feel like oh, everybody here just wants to get in a fight. Yeah, you know. And there it just seemed. I mean, it seemed rowdy. You know, uh-huh. you got the footy fans and everything. But even then, I was walking through a crowd of the footy fans after their Anzac Day, which is like their Memorial Day type thing. It's okay. Australia, New Zealand, Army Corps Day. Huh. And they were all leaving this big Australian Rules football tournament. I was going the other way because that's where the comedy club was. But it was like they were drunk, but it didn't seem like – maybe it's because I'm in a different place. But you like see a bunch of drunk dudes coming out of a sports stadium. And yeah. I instantly like – I'm like a fucking cat with his hair standing up like <laughs> – all right, what am I going to have to deal with out of these fucking idiots? Yeah, like every time. Huh. Like especially trying to go to see shows at the Metro in Chicago, which was mm-hmm. directly across the street from Wrigley yeah. Stadium and like Wrigley Field, Wrigley Stadium. God damn it. <laughs> Mothman would be disappointed. But uh, yeah, just seeing all this guy. But they, they're nice. Yeah. They get wasted drunk. McDonald's, I saw some guy take a header right into the fucking counter at McDonald's and his friends were like, oh, mate. And just picked them up. Any, uh, but then they just nobody goes to AA. They just drink their faces off for ten years of their life, and then they become doctors. Huh? Yeah. There's no like, ooh, I'm an alcoholic. They're like, nah, I'm Australian. I fucking got drunk for ten years, more drunk than anybody will ever get, and then I just became a member of society. How about they that? Can handle. They can handle their liquor now. I like I'll that. that. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Have your fun and then move on. Yeah, and then get, and then be part of the world. Yeah. A little more socio. Uh, <clears throat> Socio-politically conscious there, I think. I feel... Kind of self-centered as Americans. Having n- having not traveled internationally uh, other than to Canada, but I just, I just assume that everybody is more socially, politically conscious than us. Yeah. Like, um, I just feel like you just see people, like, I don't know, you, I'll watch a documentary and you'll see British people or whomever, like, boy, they know more about American history than I do, and I live here. Yeah, I mean, there's that part of it, but then it's not like China wasn't. China was like just belch whatever smoke you can into the sky to create things and spit in the street and piss everywhere. <laughs> so, not everywhere. Huh. I think I. I don't know. I just it was just it's good vibes down there. Well, that's cool. And the you shows know? were good. Yeah, shows were all right. Yeah, all right. I was, you know what? Because it's festival comedy. Yeah. And it's people have like a, a one hour put together because that's how everybody else works. Like here in the states, you do stand up, and you just you're just trying to get an hour long a headlining set together. Mm-hmm. And it's always changing. You know, a new bit comes in, so an old one goes out, mm-hmm. and it's always changing. And it's not not necessarily themed. You have comedians that are about a certain thing, like mm-hmm. Gaffigan's about food. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever's a you know, you know. Owen Benjamin for being a fuckface is all about his fake free speech warrior bullshit. Like, you have people that work on themes. Yeah. Or relationships or this and that. Whereas, like, you know, people that work Edinburgh and the Melbourne, like, they got to get an hour show every year. Uh Uh-huh. Every year they have that one show that's an hour long that's 
and they, the festival review, they love it if you start the shit with like, these are lessons that my father taught me. And then you do whatever bullshit you want in the middle. Uh-huh. But at the end, it's like writing a college paper. Yeah. Yeah. You have an introduction and then you fluff the fucking middle of it. But then in the conclusion, you restate the introduction and people think like, oh, he brought it all back together. It's yeah. theater. <laughs> Some people do it well. A lot of people do it shit. And it's just an excuse because they're just, they're just comedians. But yeah. then you have to throw it together because the reviewers love that shit. And those reviews dictate the rest of the year how much you get to work. Huh. You know? So we're here. You're working to put out an album or a special. And that gets reviewed. There, their one person show at Edinburgh gets reviewed. And then they can like, well, I got five stars. So they get booked more. Interesting. Um, which I think is bullshit in the sense that. You're going to come out and see somebody do a show one night yeah, and review it. Like, if you want to review a special of mine that I said, okay, this is the end of it, this is the final product, yeah, review that. But you want to come out, like somebody came out, I got one review because it was the end of the festival, so they weren't really reviewing stuff anymore. And I was all over the place. I got in on a Sunday and had a TV taping Monday night and then my show Monday night. So uh-huh. I was still a little out of it. I don't have an hour long. You know, I'm, I've been moving parts around since uh-huh. the Netflix thing came out and everything. And the guy, like, I got upset that the guy, like, he gave me two and a half stars out of five, which, all right. And, of course, everybody gets a bad review. You're going to have a problem with it. Uh-huh. So I won't be self-indulgent. But I was I was like, this is unjust. But then it was like he was taking shots at my whole career. Really? Like, who's this fucker? He's like, he's just doing the, you know, the pedestrian observational material he's known for. I'm like, who Listen, man, I'm not trying to fucking honk my own horn here. But you are you but, are like, anything I, but pedestrian. But, but I was I was like, oh man, now you're going after my whole career. So of course I Google this dude's name and uh what was his name? Jim Scheibel or something. Some fucking cunt that I look up his name <laughs> and the first three reviews are of him like, Oh, like really you're telling a woman how feminism works in her own show. Oh wow. So like Made other racist comment, and then at the bottom of the first page, it says, "How about how this dude? If you criticize him on Twitter, he'll call your employer and try to get you fired." Wow! So the fact that like the only the bad review was from this known twat, yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay, you're not respected." Yeah, you're a guy who's reviewing, and then like, people that review comedy—that's the thing. Like, you get a good review, and you're like, "Finally, somebody understands me." But if you get a bad review, you're like, "They don't get it." It's either all or nothing. Yeah. Why are you re- like? It's uh, comedy is such a dumb thing to review. It is, and the fact that these festivals, people get so obsessed, performers get obsessed about it, because then you hand out stars and it dictates their career, huh? And you don't know, you can't go there the same night the reviewer went there to see how the show went on that night. Yeah, but a special, you can watch the same thing and go like, oh, you were wrong because I'm watching the same thing you watched. True. All this Michelle Wolf shit that's going on uh-huh. after the White House correspondence dinner, that oh, the, she was mean to. She was making talking about her appearance about Sarah uh, Sanders, yeah. which she wasn't at all. Like it wasn't insults at her appearance at all. And we all get to watch that and go like, "No, your head's up your ass," because she told the media you made Trump too. So now the media is like, "Oh, oh, well then we won't stick up for her. all your First Amendment fucking warriors." Are like, "No, she was mean to Sarah Huckabee Sanders." No, you fucking chicken shits. It's the same reason you were like now like. Just look at how they're responding to it, because she came after them and exposed uh-huh. them for it. They're yeah. Like, oh, that, that was pissing me off. Well, and imagine a comedian making political jokes. <laughs> like, yeah. how dare she? That you hired to <laughs> yeah. roast you. Yeah. And then she did. You know what it is? People aren't used to seeing a, like, 
Republicans aren't used to seeing somebody do a good job. <laughs> but it's not even that. It's also against the media. The fact that yeah. like even they were like, oh, let's just take this stance that'll sell t- sell fucking papers or get yeah. clicks. Is that, ooh, she was talking about physical appearance, and she wasn't at all. And if you had any fucking balls or were worth your salt as a anybody, a journalist or worked in literature, you could see that and know that that's not what she was joking about. Mm-hmm. And watch the whole speech. There's all kinds of crazy shit. I've only seen the bits and pieces of it all lumped together. I haven't even sat and watched through it all linearly. Yeah. But, man. Anyway. Uh, so, okay. There's my rant. <laughs> anyway, I saw a kangaroo. I got to pet a dingo. What? Yeah, pet you- a dingo. They're just pretty dogs. Yeah, they look like Shiba Inus. Huh. They look like they look like homeless Shiba Inus. I don't know what that is. It's like a, it's I a, can. It's a pretty orange and white dog. Okay, yeah, you could deduce it's not like it a coyote. Like, yeah. Okay. Which somebody sent us on the Facebook that a cop fought a coyote to get it off, of, get it off of eating a kid. Hell yeah, he did. So you got beat to the punch. Yeah, beating up coyotes. Uh, there's more coyotes out there. I mean, you know, at least with, you know, what's been depicted by them in the media, and by that I mean cartoons, they're not smart animals. No. No, they're dumb. I've not seen one of them with a (laughs) rocket and roller skates. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, What was I about to ask you? Oh, shit. I don't know. I went off. You got me going off on things. Oh, in what context did you pet a dingo? Went to an animal sanctuary. Oh, okay. Is that also where you saw the kangaroo? People call zoos to make them feel better about going to zoos. Okay. Yeah, and the kangaroos were just loose. Really? Kangaroos, you just like, there's a walking path, and then there's kangaroos. Which I'm convinced, up close, kangaroo, that's absolutely what people thought Dogman was. Really? Yeah. They're built, their upper bodies are like a dude. Yeah. Yeah. Muscly. Yeah, they got the same delts and biceps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shoulders and the arms. Yeah. That's a, that looks like a guy. Hmm. They got kind of a horse face, dog face, horse, horse dog face. face on top. Yeah. And then yeah, I'm I'm convinced like at least some of the sightings could be like an errant, an errant kangaroo. Hmm. Errant kangaroo. Yeah. Which There's... people are eating a lot of kangaroo out there. Oh really? They need a roux burger. People say they're supposed to be good. Wonder what kangaroo tastes like. But, you know, say it's supposed to be good. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't. Did you eat anything else interesting other than the, the big parma? I didn't even have a parma this time. Yeah. No, I ate a lot of maccas. Maccas. I was like right on the way home. Every night uh-huh. I was eating McDonald's. I was like, oh, I'm on vacation. What a dumb way. I'm on vacation. So try local cuisine? No, I'm going to eat your weird fucking non-hormone hormone burgers. That's what we did in Montreal that time. We ate McDonald's every night. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to Rachel. That was our anniversary of our meet. Yeah. We're going to have our 10-year anniversary at that Montreal McDonald's. <laughs> Did uh, what did the McDonald's menu look like? Was there any variations? They didn't have anything too wacky. They're like, oh, okay, you got to try this wagyu beef burger. I'm like, oh, wagyu beef. That's supposed to be like the best kind of beef. I'm sure McDonald's will treat it with <laughs> reverence and respect. It just tasted weird, huh? When you realize what you like about McDonald's is the crap that they're giving yeah. you, and then they try to do something different. You're like, nah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, man. don't do that. No, I ate I ate Malaysian food while I was there. I like Malaysian food a whole bunch. Oh yeah, yeah. What's an example of a Malaysian dish? It's like a weird. It was like sausage, but it had a flaky crust around it. I don't know. Man, there was, we just got all kinds of different appetizers and stuff. Nice. But then when I was in Malaysia, too, all the stuff I was eating there. Buddy, Malaysian food. we got to get into it. Okay. I'm down with that. I've been eating a lot of sausage lately. Sausage? Yeah. Making just, it at home? Going out? No, out just, just, just I bought a big old pack of sausage. What kinds? Just uh, the links, the little uh, Farmer John links. Oh, just little breakfast buddies? Yeah, little breakfast buddies. Love the breakfast Throw a few of those in there, some scrambled eggs. 
I'm a happy boy. I'm Farmer Jones. Yeah. That was the one Bukowski poem before he realized Bukowski was a horrible human being. Which everybody wants to, like, every, you know, every sports guy, how can these sports guys still be, they beat up their wives, and then yeah. to tell that to every fucking hipster with their well-worn copy of Ham on Rye, like, oh, do you, my favorite piece of his is where he kicked his girlfriend during a videoed interview. Yeah, I saw that. Fucking hypocrites. Um, what, he had a poem about Farmer John sausage? Like, saw a billboard that said, Farmer John smokes his own sausage, now there's one tough son of a bitch. And that was the whole page. But I like that that was like, wait... It's the same reason that Fight Club's the best movie you've ever seen when uh-huh. you're in your early 20s or late teens and it came out and you're like, this speaks to me. I didn't get it the first time. It took a while. I had no idea. And that's why I was like, <laughs> that's why I'm like, oh, at the end you didn't even realize I was like, it? wait, what? Like, I had to watch it three times that's to why. pick Every up on it. pothead 20-year-old was like, man, it's like so intellectual. You got to watch it a few times just to see what's going on. <laughs> And then I really almost broke my shoulder, patting myself on the back. So I'm like, I'm going to read the book. I'm going to see how they do this in the literature. I was too preoccupied with Meatloaf's tits. Yeah. It's disturbing. <laughs> I was like, well, Meatloaf. <sighs> you forget, he was more of a theatrical guy than a metal guy. Yeah. He thinks he was a, like this metal dude. Yeah. No, he was a theater guy. Yeah. He was in uh, uh, Rocky, Rocky Horror. Yeah. yeah. The guy with the motorcycle. The guy named Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> He was also the dad in the Tenacious D movie, The Pick of Destiny. Ooh, I yeah. never saw that. He's Jack Black's disapproving father. He's popped up places. Yeah. Bulloaf. Yeah. I told you my my meatloaf, my tangential meatloaf story. I don't think so. Did you? Christmas, it was in an airport bar when I was getting drunk. And then you realize everybody else in the airport bar, like, oh, yeah, it's Christmas night. And we're all flying away from our families. I'm like, ah, we'll buy a round. And then somebody else will buy a round. I talked to some guy who was like, clearly like used to do a lot of speed. You know, like the foot like the foot that never uh-huh. stops, the jackrabbit foot. Like, yeah. Even though you're not on meth now, it's still in your body forever. Yeah. Let me meet like old speed heads. Like even if they don't do speed anymore, they still operate at a at a rhythm. Hmm. Uh, but it turned out he was a roadie for, for Meatloaf. And he kept calling him Loaf. Now Loaf loves lo- he loves tour in South America, man. <laughs> and he, was, he kept he said like something he's, he's like yeah man fucking Europe, Loaf is crushing it. South America Loaf crushing North America though. I could just I can't get the love. And I was like, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> and he did not enjoy that joke. Oh come on! I know. I really thought I had one. Well placed joke. Never even heard the song. I just know it's the name of a song. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm looking back. I'm like, I wonder if I got it right. Never got into Meatloaf. Like I, I guess I appreciate what he did. I didn't. I didn't have any disdain have you heard for Bad out him. of hell. I have. I've heard all that. Bad out of hell is a fucking. It's good for what it is. Kicker of a tune. But it's just. Uh, I don't know. It's just something. It's just a little to the left. Where it's not hitting, yeah, hitting it's, my it's target. Operatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little too much. Uh, it's a little too much drama club. Yeah, for me. I was just, I was just gonna say the thespian. Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah too, too thespian, which is fine. You know, hey, you guys eat that shit up. I definitely, uh, I can acknowledge how yeah. people would like that, uh, as opposed to other stuff I don't like. But he's like uh, fast food, David Bowie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> you can still you can express yourself oh. to meatloaf, but it's okay if you got mustard on your shirt at the same time. Like, God, that's <laughs> that's perfect. Oh, that's funny. Well, so. Yeah, Australia was fun. The jet lag I got back, I got back Friday morning. 
and then kind of took a nap, and then I played Far Cry. What's uh, that? That game I was playing when you came over before. The race car game? No, no. Oh. This is like a, oh. it's a first-person shooter game. Yeah, that one looked real as hell. Yeah. When man. you're sniping people yeah, off of the yeah. roof. Yeah. And I'm not a video game guy, but I, got, I, I played that from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. on Friday. No. Like, what you hear about kids... D- dying from dehydration playing video games like oh i fucking got it now i got it i will not mock that this this thing is in, in engrossing you really sat there for 12 hours and played a video I, game i straight up did wow i straight up played it rachel went to bed and then i played it for I, i'm like it's like all right we we're hanging out i'm like i'm back home you know i'm excited to be back home so we hung out and had a little food and then she's like i'm going to bed i'm like all right i'm gonna stay up, you know settle back in i'm not quite tired yet and it was like 2.30. I'm like, oh, man, what are you doing? 2.30. Buddy, get, get in that bed now. I said, let me finish this mission. Ah, man, it's like 4 o'clock. What are you doing? The sun's coming up, buddy. Well, if the sun's up, you don't even know what time. And then Rachel was up. She's like, you're still doing this? I'm like, I can't help myself. <laughs> and it was like 11 o'clock. I'm like, you need to walk away from this. Wow, dude. And then I got, yeah. And then I stepped away from it. Then stayed up, got some Indian food. Tried to go to bed at a reasonable hour. What, what'd you get? Like, God, I'm trying to get back to my vegetables now that yeah. it's going off the rails in uh, Australia. Get some of that bendy bhaji. I, I got some. I got bendy some mushroom, mushroom and peas thing. Okay, and then some. Uh, what's the ugh, korma? That was like the rice balls. Rice and cheese balls. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's good. I don't, I don't know. know. It was real good. Anarchali yeah. Restaurant over on Melrose if okay. you're in town. Right on. Um, and then Sunday, yeah, went and saw Smoking Popes and got uh, got shit hammered. Oh, yeah? Like I was telling you, like, like we both know how to drink. Oh, yeah. I did some real amateur shit. What'd you do? Well, it was, it was like 8 o'clock at night and I'm leaving. I'm like, well, but I'm all goofy because of this. Like, I was drinking like a 17-year-old who's trying to have the time of his life. I'm like, first off, I'll have this cup of coffee with a bunch of rum in it. Huh. I'll drink I'll drink rum and coffee to get going. And then I'll drink a beer in the car on the way out there. I wasn't driving. I was in a lift. And then I got there and then drank more beers. And then we should do shots of whiskey. And before I know, I'm like, I was just wobbling all over. Like, fucking wobble drunk. Huh. Cried at the show. Really? Like cry, cry, but teared uh, up. Wow. Smoking Popes get me. Yeah. They're a great band. Are they? Uh, are, are they go? You go way back with them from, yeah, your, from your youth. Them. I've been seeing them since I was sixteen years old. Wow! So I guess I guess you could say so because that would be twenty five years of jeez. And it's weird because now I know some, but I feel bad. The singer's uh, born again Christian. That was a big thing. Really? He went. Yeah, I think he had a big freak out party, freak out, and like was like one of those like if I'm dying, if I don't die, you could have the rest. You could have my soul. And he didn't die. And then I don't know if he went to the hospital or what, like overdose type thing. Wow. But he's not loud about it. Uh-huh. You just know that that's one component of the band. It's three brothers. Okay. And then a fourth, uh, their original drummer was back. And a band called Bad Cop, Bad Cop opened. So <laughs> nobody knows Bad Cop, Bad Cop. They were great. Really, like, they're on fat records. Oops. Where's Smoking Popes from? Where they, where they get their start? They're from uh, the suburbs of Chicago, baby. Okay. Yeah. And uh, man, I just got—I came home just shit housed, a huh. real mess. Yeah. And then tried to ride my bike yesterday, almost barfed going up the hill. Mm. I mean, not a fun story. Yeah. But that, yeah, this jet, I don't know if I'm jet lagged or not. Or hmm. if I'm just—I can't blame that on it. I can yeah. Blame it on not drinking like a forty-one-year-old adult. How many hours ahead of LA time were you in Australia? 
I don't know when I, I left on a, fr- a Friday. I left on a Friday night and got there on a Sunday morning. And then when I came back, I left on a Friday morning and got back earlier on a Friday morning. Wow. <clears throat> like, I technically left at, like, 11 a.m. Friday and got home at 6 a.m. Friday. Okay. And I don't have the mental capacity to understand the math. How, how long was the flight? 14 hours. Okay. It was a little short coming home because I was in Brisbane. Slightly closer. Probably. 11, 12 hours ahead? Yeah, I just watched a bunch of movies. Ate a bunch of pot candies uh-huh. that were bunk. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, I've had some of those lately. The hard the hard candies, they don't work. <sighs> 10 milligrams each, I had a fistful of them. Yeah. Had a whole row to myself, so I was sleeping like a real weirdo. Nice. Realized I was putting my face in the same seat I just beefed into <laughs> for the first four hours of the trip. And I'm going to jam my face in it. I got some sort of sick fetish. Oh, man. I, I, I've made that mistake. Yeah, well, hey, just, we live in our own filth. You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Kyle? Well, welcome back, buddy. It's good to... Thanks, man. Good to have you back stateside. Thanks. Anything thrilling in the two weeks? Uh, not really. Yeah? No, just, just adapting to life indoors. Yeah, just you domesticating know. yourself. Yeah, trying to pee in the toilet more. Good for you. Yeah. Put that yeah. seat up, buddy. Yeah, I'm taking uh, taking regular showers now, so that's Wipe good. Wipe off the bowl when you're done. Wipe yeah. off the dribbles. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm I'm tidy. I'm I'm, I'm tidy. <laughs> but no, no, things are good, man. Nothing, uh, nothing too terribly exciting. I All wish right. I had some interesting stuff to report, but uh, I feel like I'm overlooking something. I don't know. Uh, du- hey, man, happiness doesn't need to be exciting. Double know? double stacks a dollar right now, so that's good times. Oh, yeah? Yeah, when, one of the best uh, value burgers on the market is $1. I was, using, I was using that excuse to eat a lot. They don't call it Burger King in Australia. They call it Happy Jacks. Happy Jacks. Because apparently there's one guy with a burger place. No, it's Hungry Jacks. That's Hungry why I fucked Jacks. it up last time. One guy down there has a burger place called Burger King, huh. and then the entire global-wide corporation of Burger King tried to come in. He's like, fucking no. Wow. Call it something else. Good for him. <laughs> like, all right, same logo, same graphic design, but it's called Hungry Jacks. Huh. The uh, same thing happened. Same uh, menu items, too. Obviously, we've talked about my love for the chain of uh, Waffle House, but every now and then I, you'll see, well, there's Huddle House, but I have seen Waffle House that is not the Waffle House. Like some mom and pop, and it just says the Waffle House, different font, different everything. Yeah, something tells me that the yeah, the legal team behind the original <laughs> Waffle House isn't like <laughs> like listen, even the most expensive, smothered, covered, and finger fucked hash browns we have, we're not turning over a huge profit. We don't really have the best lawyers to go after a patent lawsuit oh, right now. Good finger fucked. <laughs> I don't know what is it, smothered, covered, and druthered. S- <laughs> Scattered, smothered, and covered. Scattered. Scattered on the grill, smothered in onions, <laughs> covered with cheese. We drop it on the floor in front of you right before we get to your table. Sometimes if I'm feeling fancy, I'll do scattered, smothered, covered, chunked, which is, which is ham. Oh, yeah. There's scattered, chunked. Scattered, smothered, covered, chunked. There's diced. There's topped. Diced with tomatoes. Topped with gravy. Uh, there's, there's like 11 variations you can do. So, yeah. I'm surprised you just made me hungry for Waffle House. Oh, Waffle House is the shit, dude. It's so good. Oh, speaking of waffles, you know what I had the other day that I haven't had in years? Is it waffles? I had some waffles. 
<laughs> you don't really, you really don't know how to set up a mystery too well, do you? <laughs> oh, you never speak of waffles. You're never gonna guess what I had. <laughs> Let me try. Was it waffles day? I bought a box of fucking. <laughs> see, now that I have uh, access to a fridge and a freezer, oh yeah, and, and a stove, oh, it's just opening up so many doors for me. But, oh uh, yeah, just some f- straight up Eggo frozen waffles. Dude, got some Eggo frozen waffles, and uh, mm-hmm. man, uh, I made <laughs> the other night. Uh, the lady, the lady will, uh, will, will, will late at night will watch a movie, and she's a lightweight. She'll take one gummy, yeah. and ten minutes later, she's just sawing logs, just <laughs> just out. Well, but, she's also running forty miles yeah, a day. Yeah, she's, she's insane. also trains like a super soldier <laughs> she's all day. A, she's a Navy SEAL, but. Um, but I've, I've picked up on her habits. Like, uh, like at eleven o'clock, she'll 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 pass out for like an hour, and then she'll get her second win around midnight. And then mm-hmm. some, you know, depending on how I'm feeling. Oh, let's watch a late night movie, or yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. So I made a late night snack of buttermilk Eggo waffles mm-hmm. and Farmer John sausages, just like a big like community plate, like uh, one one for the table. Yeah, <laughs> get a pl- plate of waffles and sausage. Take however many bites you need. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. But yeah, I had uh, and some real uh, Canadian maple syrup. Oh boy! So I had like uh, a big old stack of waffles, about uh, eight or ten of those sausage links, some syrup, just a big platter, big party platter. There's just two of us. You ever thought about making some like a hillbilly Monte Cristo? Ooh, with waffles instead of French toast. And okay, just deli meat, turkey, and ham in it. Because what? It's turkey. It's turkey, ham, and Swiss cheese. I think so. Yeah. And like I, I love a Monte Cristo. Uh huh. We've, we've discussed, yeah, because it's like a breakfast, but mm-hmm. you can get it because it's a sandwich, yeah. But you have to use a fork and knife, like a classy son of a bitch. I am always up for using waffles as the base of a sandwich. That whole trend of doing donuts for sam, but but waffle, ooh, waffles much more conducive to that. But I'm thinking about unless you put syrup, waffles not sweet. No, no, that's where the, sy- the syrup comes in. So maybe that's, but you put the syrup inside of it. I'm just. I haven't eaten yet, so I'm. I'm really excited for everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, should we get into our topic today? Let's give it. It's only been a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, of us fucking off. Hey, we haven't seen each other in a while. We got a lot of fucking off to catch yeah, up on. We got chit chat about the, uh, <laughs> what's going on. Got to catch up on our fuck offs. Yeah. Um, I think that show, the Seattle show is going to be sold out. So if you didn't get tickets and oh, you yeah? slept on your boy, you oh, slept on your boys. That's right. That's going to be fun. That's Plenty next week. of tickets left for Tacoma or Spokane. Oh, yeah? What the fuck, Spokane? Yeah, come on, Spokane. Thought we were cool, man. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I <laughs> uh, wanted to talk about this, and, the, and you've got a uh, a little bit of a connection to this. Yeah. Whether you know it or not. Uh, will, I'm pretending you don't know what I'm about to talk <laughs> about. What are we going to talk about? Uh, I wanted to do this a couple weeks ago, but uh, we didn't get around to it. Uh, been looking into this Eastern Airlines flight of four, uh, flight 401. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your dad was a mechanic? My pops was a mechanic for Eastern Airlines for a very long time. Yeah, career guy. Do it. Put in the whole... Yeah, career guy until uh, the CEO fucked the whole company up, and oh, my yeah. dad, after 22 years of working there, uh, was laid off with no pension. Really? So, yeah, just ah. did corporate greed. Jeez. Corporate greed. Well, I'm glad that they went under. When did they go under? Early 90s? I remember as a kid, <clears throat> that Eastern went down, Airlines was big. Ooh, that went down, yeah, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. and then my dad 
was almost like a bad luck charm for all these airlines because then he went to where'd he go? TWA. All these airlines that were going under, he like he would get hired and then the airline would go oh, under. I'm like, man, Dan, you got like a black cloud over you with these things. Man, I always thought it was a like, rough go for the old man for a while there. I feel like uh, everybody talks about like air traffic controller and pilot and all that as far as being stressful jobs. Mm-hmm. Airplane mechanic, stressful job in the sense that you miss, you don't cross a T or dot an I and people could die. I mean, <laughs> I t- the stories my dad, my dad really liked his job. And it sounded like a real crew of misfits. Maybe I shouldn't give that away that they weren't all taking their jobs so serious all the time. But I, like it was weird. Like as a kid, like <clears throat> people won't remember that like pre nine eleven, how much the airports were just fucking skip right through. Yeah. And when we were because my dad worked there, and so you know we weren't. You know, my dad was an airline mechanic. It wasn't you know he wasn't. We weren't rich, but we got to travel because of the flight benefits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you know everybody in the industry, you know, you yeah. know, travel agents and shit like that. So we would still get to take all these cool vacations. And we would get to the airport. My dad would park where he parks for work, and we'd get in one of the vans and just drive across the tarmac underneath the airplanes. That's awesome. Right to the gate and just pop right on. Dude. Throw your bags on there. Here we go. You know, like so I, I still have, you know, smells tied to memory very well. So, like, jet fuel is uh-huh. a surprisingly nostalgic smell. Like, the smell by the airport is a very nostalgic smell for me. Huh. And, uh, but, yeah, just I'm skipping through the airport. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I always, I always had a lot of respect for airline mechanics just because, first of all, I mean, I'm not mechanically inclined. I can, yeah. I can, I can do the most obvious stuff as far as fixing my, my van, mm-hmm. but anything, you know, beyond, uh, Real basic shit, I don't know. But just in, to, to take that concept and apply it to a goddamn giant airplane. Yeah, but I mean, it's also like you got to think that you wait for your car to break down to fix something mm-hmm. that would cause it to break down. Where <clears throat> as an air, uh, aircraft, you're, that's a maintenance. Like you go over that thing. Every day. <clears throat> every time it comes day. in, you have a checklist that yeah, you go over. That makes so sense. that maintenance stuff, like that's upkeep and you know, you're, you're constantly monitoring. It's an airline. You know, something you know, dire consequences if you uh-huh. check over something. But you also forget a lot of the other stuff is like, you know, oh, one of the seats are loose. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about like all this little shit, the reason like a plane will get grounded. Like, yeah. Fuck, what, what happened that they can't have a plane? Uh, toilet wasn't flushing the right way. <laughs> All these other things that could still go wrong on an yeah. airplane that will cause an airplane to be grounded. But I don't know. My dad worked midnights, and he always had fun stories like mm. about goofing off with his pals. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the most professional <laughs> thing to say. But he liked doing it. You know, he was always tinkerer. Well, that's cool, man. Well, I want to tell you about this story. Mm-hmm. December 29, nineteen seventy-two, Eastern Airlines Flight four hundred one departed from JFK Airport up in New York. It's en route to Miami. When a few hours later, somewhere over the uh, Florida Everglades, it crashed, mm-hmm. killed 101 people, including pilot Bob Loft, co-pilot Burt Stockstill, and flight engineer Don Repo. And they say the cause of the crash stemmed from the autopilot device mm-hmm. being inadvertently activated while the crew was preoccupied with a faulty landing gear light. So they're worried about this light. They didn't realize yeah. that the autopilot was steadily uh, making the, the plane uh, decrease in altitude. And uh, by the time they figured out the mistake, it was, it was too low, and, yeah. and they crashed. And this is what's weird, um, talking about like checklist and parts and mechanics and stuff. Um, 
after the investigation, 101 people died. Uh, several people survived. So <laughs> yeah. But after the investigation, they took a lot of the salvageable parts and repurposed them. Yeah. Onto other Eastern Airline planes. That's what my dad says. Yeah, you can't do that now. I'm like, good. <laughs> that just seems so. I guess you go to the junkyard, you get stuff you need out of a crash car. You know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it just seems weird. Like you would just think, in the interest of per, you know perfection and safety, I that guess we're it gonna depends on how hard it crashes. My, yeah. my dad explained to me that yeah, it was Don Repo. <clears throat> He's like, which I never knew. He's like, he's like the flight engineer is basically the third pilot. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's like, you ever see like a cockpit and there's a guy sitting sideways in the back uh-huh. facing like a panel. He's not flying the plane. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, the only reason I know that position is from the movie Airplane. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the only time where you see the one guy in the back and they're all doing the Roger, Roger. Check. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I know that from that. So he was saying that. And my dad said he was like below the shit, not the galley, but he was underneath the plane uh-huh. inspecting that light when uh-huh. he should have been up there monitoring things uh-huh. because that faulty lights. So he was going to see, he's like, yeah, they should never be down below. And he was down below wherever because something was going wrong. And I think that was like, maybe that's why he wasn't monitoring huh. at his station, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. Well, so the plane crashes, 101 people die. I think something like 76 people survived, Yeah, but, um, uh, all three of the the pilot slash flight engineers died, and uh, so they repur- they they salvage some of these parts, they repurpose them, and then in the following weeks, months, and years, there was approximately twenty different sightings mm-hmm. of the ghosts of these guys of Bob Loft, Bob uh, Bert Stockstill, and Don Repo, like yeah. uh, on planes that had the repurposed parts. <clears throat> okay, so. We've talked. We've touched on this in the past about like ghosts. Like, you know, if someone dies in this garage, okay, maybe at some point this garage will be haunted. But like, where does it end? Like, could the neighbor's what's house the, be yeah, haunted? The attached? Yeah, to? yeah. What's it attached to? Why is it caused? You know, why is it relegated to this specific location? Imagine you location? get haunted because somebody died in your neighbor's house. Like, motherfucker, this is why I pay property taxes. <laughs> yeah. I'm cutting my grass just because mm-hmm. you're not cutting your grass. Now i got to deal with rats from your house. Yeah. Well, it's like where I live now. I told you the story about yeah. uh, uh, Katie has seen Still at seen least nothing, once. Huh? She's seen a ghost. Oh, man, there's been some weird little stuff going Caught on. some vibes? Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, Did you break out this ghost hunting equipment? <laughs> not yet. Oh, yeah, she did. She did. Mm-hmm. And the, I don't. I still don't know how it works. By the way, thanks to uh, – I don't have his name written down. But the guy who sent us a bunch of ghost hunting equipment, I'll get your name and, and shout at you. But uh, uh, she, she started tinkering with it the other day. And I don't know if – neither one of us really knew what we were doing. Yeah. But she claims, oh, we're getting something. We're, this, this light means something, and it's yeah. lighting up. So my point being with that, though, is um, our apartment is right in between a hospice and a nursing home. Yeah. And she has seen uh, – she saw a, a ghost one time. But it's like, okay, so are these ghosts from one of those other – the hospice or the nursing home? And yeah. then why are they – You're just in an area. Just because I'm the neighbor? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. But anyway, these uh, 20 different sightings on planes that had these these – Repurposed parts. I'll, I'll give you a few of them here. Flight 318. Flight attendant was in the galley when she saw a reflection in a metal cabinet. She told the flight engineer to come take a look. He also saw the reflection, identified it as, oh, shit, that's Bob Loft. I know that guy. Loft's ghost even warned the flight engineer of the soon-to-be fire in the plane. 
Later on in the same flight, one of the engines caught fire, and the plane was forced to make an emergency landing. So the, the, the flight attendant sees this weird reflection, calls her flight engineer, and he's like automatically like, oh, shit, that's Bob. Because that – well, my dad would say like <clears throat> the story that he knows about is that – that's right when my dad was, <clears throat> was working there. Um, yeah, because when he get fired, 90? Yeah, because it was after Vietnam and he went to work there. So he was right. I mean, it was the fact it was uh, the Don Don Repo's ghost. The uh-huh. story here that he would protect. He would be able to protect all L ten elevens because that was the type of airplane that uh-huh. crashed. That he would never allow another L ten eleven to crash. And my dad's like, and that type of aircraft never crashed again for as wow. long as those planes were in service. And his thing was like, he's like yeah, he's like, you know, he's like, I I'd never seen anything, but he's like, I know people that do. He's like, you're on there, like anything. If you go into anywhere when it's not in service, like an airplane, like I remember being like, again, like little kids, like we were in Cub Scouts. And so for some, you know, employment day, my dad got everybody, we got to go just, again, that's how the airports were. Uh We got to just go to the airport and hang out on an airplane. Yeah. Like dick around in the cockpit, press buttons. I mean, they had people in there, but like just an airplane that was at a gate and Uh the whole Cub Scout troop just got to run up and down this empty airplane. That's so cool. But when you see it, like even you've been in like when you when you're in a bar when it's not open, and you realize yeah. how dark and dusty and shitty everything is without the fun lights on and the in the in the in the energy of people in it. Yeah, how creepy it can be. Yeah, and he says like, yeah, you're in an airplane, you're in a galley. I guess that's the galley under. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I know people. They see you know it's dark in there, and you already know what. You're like you're already oh shit, this is one of the airplanes that. Don Repo's supposed to be in. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you see stuff in there. You see creepy wow. stuff. So it's just more that kind of – you'd think the, those would be more like rough and tumble. Like the airline mechanics wouldn't be the ones to be like, I saw a ghost. Yeah. You know? I don't think of my dad as a guy who would be like, yeah, I saw it. Or if I did see something, he would – his science brain would kick in to mm-hmm. explain it away before entertaining. Yeah. That which I think that's just the natural defense and like no I know science and I'm aware of this so I'm going to use that to try and explain it first and foremost especially if you're a mechanic you're like well let's test theories mm-hmm. until we figure out what's wrong yeah you know so but that was he was saying that it's all L1011s that that type of airplane would be protected by the ghost of the engineer really so it's crazy I got several stories here I won't I won't do them all let's skim through a few more uh, flight attendant Jenny Pecker haha. <laughs> Was in the galley elevator. <laughs> Pecker's such a the funny fact word. That Jenny's are also it's also short for genitals too. <laughs> Jenny Pecker was in the galley elevator. Ever call your dick and balls your Jenny's? No. Rachel's been doing that. I've been like, oh, oh my Jenny's. My Jenny's. Kind of nice one. That is nice. She was in the galley <laughs> elevator. That is nice. Oh, Jenny Pecker. Uh, she saw a small cloud of smoke. The cloud grew bigger about the size of a basketball and then the smoke cleared to reveal a three-dimensional image a three-dimensional image of Bob Loft so there's a little I think Bob Loft was just an amateur magician <laughs> <laughs> when do ghosts appear with fanfare <laughs> like the, with the accoutrement of a Vegas show <laughs> voila <laughs> and there were streamers some glitter rained down upon us 
like a pinata getting cracked <laughs> and open. Then I saw Abraham Lincoln's ghost come through the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's another one. Flight attendant Sissy Patterson. She was prepping the cabin for flight 318 to fly from New Jersey to Miami. She completed her routine head count. She noticed there was one too many passengers on board. She discovered that an Eastern Airlines captain was sitting in one of the passenger seats, causing the discrepancy. She assumed he was deadheading. Uh, that's just what you guys were doing, I guess. Is that deadheading is just when employees hop a free ride? Yeah, that's uh, that's like you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She assumed he was deadheading. Um, let's see. Uh, she approached him just to confirm. When she spoke to the captain, he just stared straight ahead without responding. The real captain came back to assist her and talking to this mysterious man. When the real captain came back, he leaned. He leaned leaned in to speak to the man. He screamed, "Oh my God, that's Bob Bob Loft!" A few, few seconds later, Bob Loft disappeared in front of everyone. So that's that's a reoccurring theme. So I guess a lot of these other pilots and employees and stuff they they're all kind of one big family. They've all done flights together, and yeah. So they, they can a lot of them identify. Oh, I know that's Bob. Yeah, I've been I, you know flying up doing comedy. You can see like you listen to the chit chat they have. Like, oh, uh-huh. where are you going? Oh, yeah, we've come out of there before, and we're going to like yeah. they all have their same like mm-hmm. same routes. Yeah, they all they're no pun intended. They're they're crosses uh, n- never mind or crosses paths yeah <clears throat> it's early in the morning i imagine though like seeing something scary on a plane and then i think that's why it's easy for people to go nuts mm-hmm. on a plane when you hear people having a freak out i think maybe it's just like heightened claustrophobia you know mm-hmm. on top of you're doing drugs or getting drunk but then you think like we're just in a tube yeah especially if you don't fly all the time like that should Still should be a, a magical experience, mm-hmm. like the idea of what you're doing mm-hmm. should still have some mystery and amazement. But for some people, it's absolute fear. Yeah. So I can, you know, when people are like, oh, somebody freaked out on a plane, like, yeah, I can get like you throw a little bit of mental illness, you throw a little bit of too many drinks or this and that. But then on top of that, the concept of uh, this is a tiny tube yeah. in the sky. There's no way out. Yeah, yeah, you you die. Like even if you knew how, like even if I could fight my way to the door while it's in flight, I, I don't. How do you? Oh, and the idea of people, o- yeah, trying to open the open door. The door. Like, yeah, I think it's like this touch of mental, but like putting claustrophobia, like when you can't stop thinking about a thought all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I now, I just you see a ghost on there too. Oof. This play, like that's why those stories about like when they're like oh. Not only are we in space, but we're like, are the, are the thing. I got to watch the thing again. Oh yeah, I got the re- original. I got to re- I got to revisit the thing because, yeah. like, already being isolated, yeah, and then having an element that you can't explain mixed in with that isolation, yeah. That's why I get freaked out when I'm camping. Really? Yeah. Why? Just in when you're in a tent and you hear a noise. Oh okay. And especially when I've been by myself, like, oh, that could be anything. Yeah. And there's that not I, much I can do about it. That's my imagination or the reality. And yeah, I'm fucked. Yeah. You know? Yeah, unless if you got a gun. Yeah. There's a, here's a bear and it's going to eat me. And I like, you hear about that guy that got bit by a shark in Hawaii and it turned out he got attacked by a bear the year before and it, all, it has also been bitten by a rattlesnake once in his life? What? Who is yeah. he, the guy from the great outdoors? Got <laughs> <laughs> struck by lightning 72 <laughs> times. In the head. Seven times, seventy-seven times. That fucking guy. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably something wrong with how that guy was depicted nowadays. But in the head, 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, that movie was funny. Oh. John Candy and Dan Aykroyd together. John, Good Lord. Give me, the, give me John. How many fucking Jake Pauls have to die to get John Candy back? How many YouTube stars do I have to personally sacrifice to bring back John Candy? God, I loved him. Give me a number. God. Do you have $37 and a really nice watch? I do not. I have $3 and a Casio. I want to say Seiko. Casio. And he like drapes it across his wrist. You should see the toast. I couldn't even get it through the door. But he's eating that old 96er. And Dan Arcroyd leans down and listens to John Candy's stomach yeah. processing nicely. Hey, you think if he eats all this gristle and fat, you could throw in a couple hats for the kids? Yeah, we He's finished. There's nothing left. There's nothing left left on that plate but fat and gristle. All right, you think I get a dessert in him? Throw some hats and t-shirts in for the kids? (laughs) Look at the maggots on that meat. (laughs) Lucky Monster is just us doing (coughs) John Candy film. Oh, he was the best. What else we got here? Uh, Flight engineer walked into the cockpit to begin his pre-flight checklist. He found another man in the cap in a captain's uniform. Sitting in Fucking the seat. his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I'll take it from here, Captain. Uh, when the flight engineer asked what the man was doing, the man responded, "Quote: You don't need to worry about the pre-flight inspection. I've already done it." The flight engineer identified the man as Don Repo. Repo then disappeared into thin air. So there's just story after story of that kind of stuff. Anybody on an airplane could disappear into thin air, technically, if they jumped out the window. That's true. Or the door. I thought it was going to be a smart ass, and I said window instead of door. Speaking of the air, that's something that I think about on the airplane is just breathing that recycled air for eight hours. Somebody was everybody's coughs and snots and colds. Like opening the door to like a long international flight. I think the longest the longest flight now that exists they say is from Perth to London, which is like twenty some hours. It's the longest. Perth is Australia. Yeah, yeah. It's the longest commercial flight you can take, but really, it seems like there'd be a further one. That's direct. Oh, that's direct. Yeah. Gotcha. But somebody's telling like sometimes like people like gate agents will almost pass out from opening the door from one of those long flights, and it just poof. yeah. Then, you don't you're you're acclimating you're to it as it. you're sitting there, and then yeah, just opening up and boof. Ugh. Yeah, just twenty two hours of. 200 people's stank. Just, yeah. Just, I mean, okay, I'll take my shoes up. But I see people like walking into the bathroom in their socks. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, that is piss dribble city. Ugh. I just. Uh, I think that's a Smoking Pope's album. Piss dribble city, baby. <laughs> From the mean streets of piss dribble city. Do you do this? Uh, I always feel not obligated. I want to do this. Whenever I'm filing out in in the flight attendants mm-hmm. and sometimes the uh, the pilot or whatever be standing there, I yeah. always look the pilot in the eye and thank him. Just hey, thanks. I do too. Thanks I th- for doing your job and not killing two hundred people. I haven't heard. I think Aparna has a joke about that too. But really? Uh, yeah, and I'd always made a joke about like how I like like why yeah why do I not like throwing that guy a five? Yeah, you know you tip a cab driver. Yeah, hey buddy, hey thanks. Yeah. But at the very least, I can like look at yeah. him and acknowledge. Hey, I'm alive. Or her, I'm alive. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm alive. Thank you. I didn't throw up. <laughs> you know, you kept it. Uh, there was a kept- couple of good rattlers on. Uh, <clears throat> which flight was it? <clears throat> I love some turbulence. I have faith in the, in yeah. the plane and 
Like, I don't think... I asked my dad once. I'm like, you ever think you're going to crash once? I said, there's one time where he knew they were banking too hard in the plane, so it lost lift. You know, there's only so much you can turn the plane on its fucking whatever access Uh to where the wings aren't doing their job. Okay. You know, if the wings... Are horizontal at the ground. That's your lift. Uh huh. But if, if you not, tilt it too much, and then it's just cutting, it's just sliding through the air. And you remember being? He said he was on the plane once where he, he could sense the moment because he also was a pilot. He had his own plane uh-huh. for a while. And oh so yeah, he, he tried to build his own plane out of a bunch there of plywood. Was, there was some weird <laughs> moment, yeah, and the fucking his midlife crisis and me. Yeah, it was just uh, we were some strange times in the eighties and early nineties in the Canaan household. Yeah, all the wood. I told that story, right? Yeah. Gotta build a seaplane. What? Gotta build a trailer first to get it to the sea. You're losing your mind. <laughs> but, but he said he could tell, like, he, he knows how it works, and he could tell the plane was, like, doing, like, a, a slip of, like, oh, and he's like, that's the one time he went white, white knuckles on the Oof. on the hand rest. Yeah. Like, ugh. Man, uh, Patton Oswalt has that, I think it's Patton, has a great bit. About and he sets it up by just saying, I, "I, I'm paraphrasing, not doing it justice." But he goes, "I saw something the other day that I have never seen. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody use the vomit bag on an airplane." Oh, and he tells a story about how this like was a real prim and proper guy was like reading a magazine, and like just out of nowhere he just pulled the bag open, unfolded it real nicely, and just and he does this. He said he made a noise mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And then, like, tied it back up, put it back in the thing, and continue, like, just yeah. like, no big deal. I just, I right now, I need to vomit. <laughs> I feel for like all the flying I've done, I've never seen it in the last six months. I've seen it a few times. Really, you've seen people yeah, people tossing, just yeah. just puking. Maybe it's I've one never, of those things. Once you notice it, you start noticing it more. Huh. You know? Yeah, I've never seen it, or yeah. But then again, like, you don't know. You never know what's going on behind you. I guess. I'm more used to drunk vomit, which is uncontrollable. Look out, look out. <laughs> like, I'm not used to watching someone vomit because, like, oh, my stomach is upset. Yeah. And I will be needing to use. Uh-huh. There was some, like, she had, like, a, that's where it was. It was fucking China and some fucking fat idiot kid. I was on the aisle seat, and this fucking doughboy was sitting next to me and was i talking about this about how in china that they're treated like they're called the little princes like if a family will just have one boy now because of because of like how you know there was the limit like you could have it wasn't like you they're gonna kill your kids if you have too many of them but you could have like one kid you can only have one kid if you have more you'd be like taxed wildly for having another kid so because that was in effect for so long, now you'll have one kid that's the last bloodline of two families. So imagine having like – imagine if your grandparents only had one kid that was your mom. Uh-huh. And then your other side of grandparents only had one kid that was your dad. So okay. they, they only have that one kid. Yeah. And then they got together and they had you. Yeah. And so you have all these – like two the both sides of the family all on you. Yeah. You're the one product of this – these two bloodlines. So you're the most spoiled kid in the world. Yeah. Like they were t- somebody else was tired of like walking by and seeing like nine in the morning, some like grandmother spoon feeding a kid ice cream, some fat little Chinese boy, because he's the spoiled little prince. Oh, and I was like, wow. oh, that's crazy. And I don't know if that's the case with this kid sitting next to me, but just this fucking fat Chinese Augustus Galoop sitting next to me. <laughs> Dumb as fuck. 
Like, how old was he? I, I don't know. I'm gonna say maybe ten. Okay. I have no judge. Old enough to where he should kind of old behave. enough to where if my headphones are plugged into the TV monitor at the mm-hmm. seat in front of me, you should know to not try and run through it like it was your chubby little marathon. I literally had to grab this kid and stop him. Really? Because he just starts walking through my headphones that are plugged in, and I just had to grab him and like I'm okay. I'm I don't know Chinese and I don't know if you know English, but I'm just like just grabbed him and said, "No, you wait here." And then I unplugged and said, "Go ahead, you fucking fat little idiot." And watch this kid just get fucking <laughs> coke after coke every time any flight attendant yeah, walked by. Just coke, I want a coke, I want a coke, and then he barfed. I'm like, of course you did, <laughs> you dumb fucking idiot. And your mom's sitting there patting you like, oh my poor, my poor little baby. Fuck you, dumb kid. <laughs> and say, and then um, also say like how the and these are the kids that just get an entire industry handed to him. Like, here, well, here's your factory now, and you don't have to do anything with the rest of your life because you're going to inherit this, you know, yeah. $500 million business Ugh. because you're the one kid that gets it from this family. Wow. So just this spoiled, rich, rich Chinese kid. But that, like, seeing him, I helped him open something like a bag of snacks or something already he was fighting with. And I realized I contributed to the problem. But just watching this kid, like, I'll just walk through your headphone cord. No, stupid. What are you? You're old enough to do, use your eyes and have some judgment about it, the, the physics of the world. You know what I don't like doing? I, the kid, he should come up to my level. I'm not going down to his level. Meaning I don't partake in baby talk. Like whenever I'm around a friend's kid, I'm just like, how you doing? So what was your name again? I, I just can't bring myself to. Hey, dear big guy, what are you doing? I, I, I've had fun with like. I, there's some kids like, oh, this is fun. Like on Easter when I tried to make my cousin's kid eat a bottle of mini ketchup for twenty bucks, and then how she fucking scammed me. First off, they're like, you should ask for more. I'm like, I'm giving this kid twenty bucks of my money. Yeah, and then they gave her money to get tip the. Tip the tip like I'll oh, be cute. You give her the money, the brunch waitress. The tip. It? She fucking slipped a twenty off of it. Wow. Because I kept asking, like, where'd you get forty bucks from? She said, Kyle gave it to me. I'm like, I gave you twenty. He stuck another twenty, and I was like, oh, you're slick. Wow. But little, she she's fun. Little hooligan. Yeah, she's fun. Just out being just mayhem at the zoo. Well, okay. Let me let me some, amend some. my and I got to be in the right mood for it too. I will sometimes partake with like a friend's kid. You know what I really hate if I'm at the store and I'm in line. And oh. there's a mom or a dad behind me or in front of me with a kid, and the kid acknowledges me like, mm-hmm. "Look, Brian, he does have a beard. Yes, that's a beard." And no, uh, uh-uh. uh, yeah. I'm not. Don't suck me into your little parental experiments. No, hey, get yeah. away from me, you, yeah. you, and your kid. Get the fuck away We're from trying me. Trying to condi- you, yeah. should, you know what? That I ain't would love my to responsibility. See a do not pet vest on your kid. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you've got a dog, I'll pet that fucking dog. Yeah. But I hate it when but like if your kids coming around. Like, sorry, you're wearing a vest. <laughs> yes, yes, Crystal, that is he is wearing a hoodie. You know, <laughs> yes, that is a van. People respect the red service dog vest more. I just hate being a part of someone's lesson. 
Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just I in give up. Here. I think I can give off enough of a vibe that says, I'm not going to interact with your kid. Yeah. I'm not going to be a jerk, but I'm not yeah. going to. Leave me alone. Like, isn't he the best? Like, no, he's not. He's a kid. Again, <laughs> I've seen kids. I was one. You know who was the best? Me. I was the best. <laughs> your kid ain't taking that title away from me. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, one more quick story. A first-class passenger on flight 318. (laughs) First-class? Yeah. He's not lying. (laughs) Noticed that the previously unoccupied seat next to her was now occupied by a man in a flight engineer's uniform. She tried to strike up a conversation with him when he suddenly disappeared. The woman freaked out, and when the plane landed, she was shown pictures of all the Eastern Airlines uh, present and former flight engineers. She picked Don Repo's picture as the man she saw. That's weird. Like, Why? That's we, a weird we got procedure. a lineup of pictures. Oh, yeah. I just went crazy on a plane. Instead of somebody going, ah, maybe she's nuts. Here, please select a series of photos. Yeah. But, I mean, she said he was wearing a, an Eastern Airlines flight That's engineer a uniform. Convenient. That's a com- pretty convenient bow on that one. Yeah. Yeah, they just happen to have a bunch of headshots on hand. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, there's dozens of these type of stories. But And I guess the reason this whole episode or, or this, this story fascinates me is, like what we were talking about at the beginning, just how do ghosts and spirits choose what their energy is attached to? Like, so you're telling me there's a, a fuel pump from Flight 401's repurposed, and now the ghost from Flight 401 is... I'm the fuel pump ghost. <laughs> but, like, seriously, like, I get, like, locations, but, like, oh, because this new plane has a repurposed part from that plane that crashed, the ghosts from that pl- crashed plane are now going to haunt this one. ghost is divided up into however many pieces got split up. Yeah. You know, oh, now, now because I'm a... <laughs> I'm a ghost. Uh, you know, I got killed standing next to a dandelion that blew in the wind. Now I'm a ghost that's made out of 700 dandelions. Exactly. It's- I guess, well, I guess this is, there's no rules. There's no rules with ghost. You know, we always no, think of. No, they're ghosts, man. That's, but I know. But like, They're barely real if you're being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. If you believe in ghosts, they're barely real. But just the the fact that they can attach themselves to an inanimate object. Well, also, we're also look, overlooking the fact. Like, I know about this because they had a made-for-TV movie with it, yeah. which my dad was like, "Why is Ernest Borgnine coming to mind?" I'm like, "I don't know. Maybe you're just thinking he about was Ernest. in the movie." Okay, well that makes sense. But also, the motherfucker, you crashed in a swamp full of alligators. They crashed mm-hmm. in the Everglades. Oh, I can't believe we survived a plane crash. Gators, <laughs> like bad luck. Yeah. For everybody on that plane, yeah, that's like a double. Like where Del Don Repo's like, "I got to come back for a ghost because this double sucks." Not only did we let the plane crash, look where it crashed. Oh, also, that was probably why a lot of them survived, though, is because it's crashing a swamp. That's true. Yeah. So maybe God bless them, Florida so, Everglades. Soften the blow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, it's a story. It's something out there. Yeah. I don't my know. big insight was my dad go, I don't know. Somebody thought they saw it once. What's the weirdest thing that's happened in all your airline travels while on the airplane? I thought um you ever you ever been you ever had an emergency landing like so and so got sick? I never had it. Uh, well, just not coming back from Philadelphia they had like the is there a doctor or anyone on board like they made that announcement mm-hmm. and I saw like kind of a the panicked face 
But we didn't make an emergency landing. <clears throat> I think maybe just somebody was, you know, not feeling well. Hmm. But they did this. Is anybody a doctor? And then, but then it went from a doctor to EMT, lifeguard. Like they started just going down. Anybody with anything. CPR please. certified. <laughs> See, seen an ambulance once. <laughs> please. Uh, but I didn't notice anything like – Notary public. They, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't even. Uh, even when we landed, there was no like get them off first or anything. Mm-hmm. I think it subsided, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it was. But I, uh, the one time I thought I was going to die in an airplane was doing the Aspen Comedy Festival in 2007, <clears throat> and we'd fly to Denver and then you'd fly to Aspen, and it was in like, February. It was in winter, and we're on a tiny airplane, like the like when you get one of them little regional prop mm-hmm. planes that held maybe even smaller than the regular ones. It held maybe like I don't know. 20-some people yeah. or something. And I was sitting next to Michelle Buteau at the time. Well, I didn't know. None of us knew. We were all just going there. And uh, it was it's small, so it's already a rougher flight. But like the, like the turbulence and just seeing – you just see clouds. It's storm clouds, winter storm clouds. And this thing was shaking so much. I had never been on a flight where it was. It was people crying. Mm. People like – Michelle was like – we didn't know each other. And she just like grabbed my hand. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. And I just found songs on my – iPod that I'm like, wow, this is calming. Like if if, if this if this is the end, I'll be happy to listen to this. I still was like, planes don't crash anymore. Yeah, but it was the closest I've ever felt to like, this is shaking so violently, and the panic of people around me. I'm like, well, if this is it, there's nothing I can do about it here. Hmm. And I've kind of always felt that way. Like, all right, if it's on a plane, it's on a plane. And I use it to reaffirm, like, have you done everything you want to do in life? Mm-hmm. Or at least trying to do so. Yeah. Right now. Think about it right now. What are your regrets? Can you fix that if you make it through this? And hmm. so usually I try to have like answer being like the slim to no regrets, little to no regrets. Yeah. But Michelle was crying. She grabbed me, my hand. I was talking about this not too long ago. She's like, I remember that flight. She's like, I knew – she knew Eric Andre was on the flight. She's like, I know he's an atheist. And I saw him make the sign of the cross on that plane. And that's wow. why I got scared. Wow. So that was the scariest thing. It wasn't crazy or wacky or anything. Yeah. I never had. You know, I follow that passenger shaming account on Instagram. And it's always got the, you know, the world star type videos yeah. of people just freaking out on planes. Yeah. And- I, uh, I was on a flight uh, coming back from Hawaii. I think it was the trip that you and I were there. We weren't on the same plane leaving. Mm-hmm. But uh, – I went twice during that whole thing, so I can't remember which one. But one of the visits, when I was leaving, we we took off. We're in the air for about 60 seconds. And then uh, they were like, yeah, we got to – they did. They were real uh, vague. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, we got to make a landing. And uh, turned around. And as we were landing, there were fire trucks and ambulances and shit. And wow. one of the uh, – something caught on fire. There was wow. – you could see smoke, like, right as we were landing. Like, like I saw the smoke – and people started freaking out, but like we were literally ten seconds from landing again. No, so, shit. but it was like, oh, had they not caught that? Yeah, imagine had that we not turned around yeah, right that then. Happening an hour later. Yes, over the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, but there was already yeah. fire trucks uh, waiting for us to land. You know, in case the fire got out of hand. You know, while we, I don't know, but Man, that was scary. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I try to, hes- I, I try to not know as much. Yeah, airplane tragedies since that's my commute. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've. I, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, there's a good chance you're going to die on an airplane, and there's a good chance yeah. uh, I'm going to die in a shitty motel. Your girlfriend's going to stab an yeah. apple slice through your mouth. <laughs> 
But I, yeah, I always think about that. Like when I'm on tour, like you know, just constantly Ooh. staying in shitty motels. That, that Jason Isbell Super Eight. Oh, I heard that for the first time. I'm like, yeah, too close to home, yeah. Jason. I don't want to die in a Ouch. Super Eight motel. Yeah, just because somebody's evening didn't go so well. Partying, partying with the wrong batch of people. I was talking about. Like, I booked another show back in uh, Des Moines, and I remember the last time I was through there, some guy who was like showed up late to the show, was in a suit at the bar. He's like, now I was at a funeral for my friend who got murdered. I'm like, okay. And then he's drinking. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry about that. And you can tell this guy was fucking rowdy powdered up. Yeah. He's like, I want to give you something. And he gives me a knife, like a pocket knife. I'm like, all right. This is nice. He's like, always good to have an extra set of prints on a knife. And I'm like, I'm going to put this in the sewer right now. Wow. In front of you so you know I don't have it anymore. Yeah. He's like, well, don't do that. And I just wiped it off and gave it back to him. Always good to have an extra set of Like, that's like a funny joke to say, but not in the context of I'm coked up and just came from my murdered friend's funeral. And we don't know each other. Decided to <laughs> pop by the comedy show. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I'll be at Vaudeville Muse in Des Moines, Iowa, May 31st. If you're a knife guy, maybe don't come. <laughs> Want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Refined Heretic Beard and Body Company. Uh, listener Nick Lewis uh, sent you and I uh, a whole shit ton to, of beard products. To take care of our beards and bodies. Yeah, yeah. Beard and body. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff he gave us. So, like beard balms and beard soaps and all kind of like. I've been using oil finally. I, yeah. mean, I throw the oil in there once in a while. I just, I just cut all this off today because of that. Yeah, I noticed it looked shorter. I yeah. wanted to trim it because of the housekeepers. Oh, yeah? You didn't want to talk about that. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Okay. We're in the garage today We're as opposed the to the annex. Yeah, because I have Why? A, a housekeeper is in my house. A housekeeper at your house. Rachel got a housekeeper. Wow. I don't know how to feel about Look this. Look at you guys living the good life. I kind of feel like a scumbag. Here, you picked this up. I think I kind of, like, I was like, she got him. I'm like, well, can I get you some snacks? It's like a guest. Oh, man. I don't know how to. All right. First, to justify it. Is she topless? Well, it's a waste if she is. You know those. T- you know what I'm talking about topless maids. Oh, yeah. The- it's always it's always advertised on a pink van parked yeah. by the river. My question is: Are these just hot models who who are prancing around naked under the guise of cleaning your house, or is there fifty four year old Polish woman in I, there I with I no really shirt feel- on? <laughs> I made I do good job as made. You want baboons? You get baboons. Oh God! Yeah, I it's, hope it's, it's just that. a regular bag. Okay, ten more dollars. I baboons. take. I take off shirt. I yeah that I can't imagine. The uh, what my friends did that for a bachelor party. They got like a <laughs> like a topless blackjack dealer, <laughs> and they were all like, it was. Everybody, because it's not my friends aren't that kind of person. Yeah. So like, all right, we'll do this for a bachelor party, and then yeah. they did it, and they just felt bad. Yeah, like, I would oh, feel so weird. We're just a bunch of guys, and you're by yourself. Yeah, you could put and, your shirt on. We're not, and they're not those guys. Yeah, like, oh, this is what you do, and then they did it. Like, oh, why did we do this? And I wasn't there, but they said it was like uh, she was just she was a very nice lady. <laughs> so what uh, what what made you guys yeah, want to get like, a you housekeeper? Know, like, like just. Wash all the floors and okay. kind of like do the do the big work that it's you one don't. Those really things like with. all right, Rachel's works during the day and has taken like two different classes and doing stuff. I'm gone all the time, and we don't. It's all right. We both work hard at what we do, uh-huh. and you're getting you know you you 
hiring somebody to do a job. You're yeah. Being a job creator. You don't have to feel weird about that. But it, I've never had it before. and I, feel, I even feel weird in a hotel when they come. Oh, yeah. Like, like, you don't have to come in here every day. Oh, I don't. I prefer if they don't. I'm not, I don't want to sit there while she picks up a bunch of my towels. No, I don't. And also, like, change your towels every day. Like, yeah. do you know how often I change my towels? Yeah. And I'm going to be in a hotel like, please, I need a fresh one every day. Yeah. If, I'm, if it's less than four days... Four or five days. You don't have to come in there at all. Uh-uh. Don't I, worry. I leave that do not disturb sign on the whole time. I put my stuff in the trash. Yeah. I try not to dick up the place. Have we talked uh, about this? Do you leave a tip when you when you leave a hotel room? My thing is, like, I, I never have cash on me because yeah. when I leave the house for work, I put it all on a credit card for tax deductible things. So yeah. Like, every, like even a cup of coffee. Sorry, going on the credit card. Yeah. Right, right so off. You keep up with it. So I never have cash on me, and I feel like a dick at the end. If I have cash, then I leave some money. If but I have cash, it's not, not, not a great excuse. I, yeah. I, 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 no. If I've stayed multiple days and they have come in to do something, yeah. then I'll. Or if even if they haven't come in during the stay, but if I if I've left them a lot of work, yeah, I'll, I'll leave a couple bucks if I got it. Five yeah, bucks. I feel bad. I should. I, I got to be better about that. Mm-hmm. You think about all these other things you tip on. Mm-hmm. You're the one giving the lecture about. You, know, you tip everywhere else. Tip yeah. your Lyft driver. Yeah, yeah, definitely and tip I, your damn you know, Lyft driver. Damn, but well, anyway, so that's cool, man. Yes, I feel a little weird. I don't know how to. She now doing your laundry? Done? No, the dryer's broke. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a gas leak, so I think that's contributed to some weird feelings I've had lately. <laughs> dryer's got a gas leak. She might be passed out in there. I don't know. Oh, God. That that's why sick. I've been playing Far Cry for twelve hours straight, just huffing fumes, really getting into this first-person shooter action. Uh, like when Jerry was having his apartment fumigated and Kramer went in and read a manuscript for an hour and a half. <laughs> Jerry's like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to... Oh, I thought that was just a decoy in case you had a girl over. <laughs> and, then he, and then he loses his taste buds. He can't eat... He can't taste the Mackinac peaches. I'm sorry to just... I'm not going to tell you the whole premise of that Oh, that was, that was the peaches one. Yeah. Okay. Mackinac peaches. Well, what do you got? You got... Uh, we'll plug some... Um, I don't know. This, this is coming out a few hours late. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you're listening to it uh, today on Tuesday. I'll be at uh, Flappers tonight in the main room with John Reap, the Hemi guy. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'll be uh, doing a set. I feel like he's a nice guy. He is a nice dude. I met him uh, I met him somewhere. He's, he's, he's a good dude. Commercially associated. Yeah. But I'm sure he didn't mind. You know, it, it, I don't want to say it boosted his career, but... He didn't. You know, it was. I think it was pre. Did he win Last Comic Standing? He either won it or got really far into Last yeah. Comic Standing. But those Hemi commercials, that was right before all that. I don't think so. I've ever seen a Hemi. Commercial. I'm sure. Oh, they were big, like ten, twelve years ago. That thing got a Hemi. I mean, I'm aware of the engine mm-hmm. independently of his work for Chrysler. So yeah. Good job, Dodge Chrysler. <laughs> yeah. Daimler Chrysler. But yeah, that's uh, uh, that's how right. he was known. But yeah, I'll be at Flapper tonight. What, what do you got to plug? I got nothing. Nothing. Yeah, the, the ne- up next is our our run, and I oh, yeah. put, I put word into Mississippi Studios. So uh, May Sunday Mother's Day Sunday May thirteenth, we're looking for a place in Portland to do a live podcast. I'm already talking to the guy at Mississippi Studios. He said the date might look tough. So if anybody's got any suggestions, uh, I haven't. You've been handling the emails and everything. I try to. I try Dave to. Dave tries on top of to. It. Um, but I put it out on Twitter for suggestions. It's Portland. I'm sure we'll find somewhere. Yeah. You know, if uh, if you want to see us do a live podcast in Portland, wouldn't it be a stand-up show. We'd just be doing a live podcast between our dates and uh, yeah. 
Like I said, the shows, uh, yeah, we'll plug those shows. Seattle Neptune Theater, I think there was like 30 tickets left. Mm-hmm. So you probably SOL on that one. Bellingham, Washington on the 9th at yeah. the Underground. Uh, let's see, we got the... Spokane Comedy Club, 10th, 10th through the 12th. 12th. Lots of tickets left for that. Get off your dicks, Spokane. Yeah. And then the 14th will be in Arcata, California. Those potheads, they don't yeah. want to buy stuff early. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the Savage Henry crew. That's going to be a fun looking show. Forward, looking forward to a lot of... Uh, May May fifteenth. Oh, you dudes were in town. <laughs> I am staying an extra day in Arcata to, to go squatching or something. I'm, I think so. I got to be back on the road in a couple of days after I'm that. So I'm coming home. Anybody wants to uh, to hang out in Arcata? Oh, let me give a shout out to uh, my new friend TJ Partridge, uh, big listener to the uh, Boogie Monster. Just out of the blue. Uh, just said, hey, I'm going to be in town. You want to go eat Hal and Ray's together? And uh, oh, yeah? me being a man of the people, I was like, <laughs> hell yeah, dude. I see TJ comments so, and all this stuff out yeah, there. So uh, nice to meet him and his friend. So anybody coming to town and, and want to take me out to lunch, uh, I'm not too pretentious for that shit. So just say don't, when and where. Don't ask, don't ask Dave to get drinks with you at the Eagle. <laughs> yeah. But if you if you want to get a chicken sandwich, yeah, yeah. My apologies to the. Uh, I got a couple of uh, I got a couple of gay gay friends, which uh, not friends, uh, 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 stalkers maybe. Uh, which hey, I'm. I'm well, you I'm, called I'm, them friends first. Yeah, I'm. I'm gay friendly. I just but I had to tell this one guy. He's like, hey man, nothing personal, but I'm not gay, and it's nothing's, nothing's hot, gonna huh? come of this. So sorry. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't have to be guilted into feeling bad because I'm not gay. But, yeah, you, know, you want to be gay, be gay all you want, it's, and I support it's, it's you. It's the same feeling that women have to go through that's with dudes hitting on them when you got to be like, all right, here, I'm drawing a line. Yeah. It's not, hey, pals, that's it, and then okay. Yeah. It's not because you're gay. It's because I'm not gay. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, that's I'm the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this won't work out. I'm the problem. Oh, man. Well, got any recipes or just... Uh, no. We well, already kind of just said make a sandwich with waffles. Yeah, make a it's sandwich. A re- that's my recipe. My recipe today is uh, Eggo buttermilk waffles and Farmer John breakfast sausage links. Put that shit together. It's, I hate it when you go to a restaurant and you're like, time. oh, it's a pancake sandwich, and then it's not. It never comes where you can just hold the pancakes in your hands yeah. like bread. Like a McGriddle. Why do they call it a pancake sandwich? I don't know. Dumb old restaurants. Yeah, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. All right, then. Well, we'll see you next week. It's the Boogie Monster. Kyle and Dave, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Hello and goodbye. The Boogie Monster. The Boogie Monster.